0: Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 287 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 287. So each week we spend around twenty to thirty minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show this week in hospitality marketing, which also airs every Friday at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week are, and you'll quickly see, very focused. Uh, Two of which we've discussed before in different contexts, but I want to bring them back in today's dialogue for particular reasons, and you'll see quickly why. Uh, The first one which we've talked about before, and relatively recently, only a few weeks ago, is a platform called HashtagsForLikes.co. And as discussed before, this is a way of discovery. Not discovery as to uh, whether or not it's legit or used, but also what it's used for. But more importantly, it's value proposition. Uh, hashtags on multiple platforms, but the one I want to focus on, you'll see quickly why. Uh, This allows you to look and see how fresh is it? Is it a long-standing hashtag? What is it used for in general, in context and content? It actually shows you what the hashtag's content is relevant to, how it's been used in relevancy before, its history before, its volume of traffic before, and it really helps you define how well selectively you can augment your posts and content to a dialogue associated with a hashtag. As everyone knows with hashtags, uh, all social media is a very wide, deep river of content, constant flowing content, constant dialogue. And from that, you want to be associated with the dialogue most relevant to what you have to offer, what you're listening to, and how you can contribute. And hashtagsforlikes.co is a great tool for that. The next one, which we've used before or talked about before, is socialinsider.io. Now, Social Insider allows you to review and see not just yourself, but any social media platform The engagement, its relative use and frequency, its growth of audience, what was the most popular posts, what kind of posts were they, what time of day were they posted, what was the engagement type, over a period of time. This makes it a very powerful discovery tool of your competitors. It's my strongest social media research tool, to be honest with you, uh, as to what they're doing, how they're doing it, What shows to be successful, what doesn't show to be successful, what potentially they're missing in their content, and what I can exploit for both good as in duplicating what they're doing well, if it's applicable to me, and also what they're not doing well and what I can improve upon if it is valuable to me. And that is socialinsider.io. The third tool, which is new to our discussion today, which I've just recently started using, is called kite list.com k i t e list.com where kite list.com comes in a value is as anyone that uses twitter specifically it You can create lists. What are lists? Well, they're not hashtags. Hashtags is an association to a dialogue or content. It's to say, hey, if you're interested in this context, this is where the discussion is. Lists are an aggregation of places. A lot of people, businesses, pages, people of the organizations, agencies, everybody in the realm of Twitter creates lists. What are lists, if you're not familiar with them? List is to say, you know, I love uh, about um, Korean food. So I'm going to create a list of all the cool Twitter people, organizations, handles that are related to Korean food that I think are valuable. Where um, there's another lover of Korean food, or there's a Korean restaurant guide of Houston, or there's a Korean restaurant guide of Indianapolis, and from that this aggregation of these lists people follow go man lauren i love your list on korean restaurants i'm going to follow it because you really are putting all this cool stuff together and maybe i can comment and add to that list of things that i think are worthy of the list and i can add them to them should i choose to it can get shared within that list so you can see the value of lists being this is yet another resource of similar content and Kite List helps you discover those lists. You can go in and put the topic or context that you're looking for in KiteList. And from that, it'll show you all the lists. Now, are all the lists fantastic? You know, some people make lists and nobody knows they exist or and or they're just for personal interest, personal monitoring, personal aggregation. And nobody's really involved with it. And it's not a very active list. So really, as good as the list is, there's two values to it. One is the person that created the list good enough to connect to. And two is what they've gathered in the list. Another step in your research and discovery process of something else you might want to associate, follow or engage with. So there's more than just the first list of first aspect of a list, I should say, of do I want to be a part of this list? But then there's who's running the list and what's in the list are the other two. And that's the third tool is KiteList, kite list, dot list.com. The fourth tool is something that I think that people are, are less mindful of. They either dismiss it as something that they just don't know how to use or they just haven't seen it where they've gotten very good at other things that this is the next iteration of their marketing strategy. And that's actually doing business and advertisement on twitter.com. So the place to go for all of this is business.twitter.com. Now, if you're not in the space of doing advertisement within Twitter, and it is different than the other social media platforms. Um, You have to become familiar with a lot of different ways that Twitter advertisement works. If you're not familiar with promoted accounts, promoted tweets, promoted promoted only tweets, promoted uh, trends, if you're not familiar with those things, if you're not familiar with the segmentation of how and what you can segment as to your targeting whether it's music genre a particular artist particular interest particular flavor particular terms in addition to all the other familiar uh, that the tools you might be familiar with like demographics geographies and so forth it is sometimes a daunting perspective and of course with any platform that you're going to give money to they are more than helpful to or help uh, more than wanting to be helpful in showing you how to use their platform so of course there's plenty of an ad help center that shows you how to do this, what you can do, what are you trying to do, so they can help you figure it all out. Because at the end of the game, if you can find a value to what they're offering, you're going to pay money to use their platform. Twitter is not the, it never has been my first go to in social media platforms for advertising. However, as we have seen, it is a powerful medium when used for good or bad, really. But if you are good at knowing how to define, And isolate the audiences that you can speak to that are actively engaged with the platform. It's as powerful, if not in some ways more powerful than some of the other platforms. Um, Again, Twitter has to be in context. I think what keeps people away from Twitter is the unknown of, wow, that's just a bunch of people talking about a bunch of stuff, so forth and so on. Which brings us to our technique of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week is starting with the statement, swimming in the raging torrent, how to navigate Twitter better. Uh, As I was leading to when I was discussing the tools we just went through, Twitter is a very wide, deep, raging torrent of nothing but firehose content. There are millions of people on it, obviously. And unlike other social platforms like Facebook and so forth, where you begin to cultivate what it is you're wanting to see, Twitter is everything from everybody all the time. And most people are only familiar with Twitter and the, oh, I, I like you, I'm going to follow you, which is literally kind of what you look at Facebook being like, or Instagram being like, like oh, I know you, who you are, I found you, I'm going to follow what you have to say. And then it turns up into your for lack of a better term very very facebook-esque your news feed your twitter feed Uh, of course the more you follow the more that gets put in and unlike facebook a lot of it is not just based on prioritization of other family and friends is it viral content it's literally a fire hose so the more you're engaged with twitter the more you get inundated with a stream of conversation um and then also things get interjected as we will talk about with advertisement and also virility and and things of posts and so forth and from that you just get daunted as to oh my god this is just how what, what i mean this is just a barrage of stuff so one of the first things you do as a user of twitter is you begin to filter what you're looking for and those go back to a little bit of what we talked about with the tools but from your user perspective it's I have certain context of things that I'm interested in. Maybe I'm interested today in a cooking aspect of information. Maybe tomorrow I'm interested in newsworthy stuff. Maybe the day after that, I'm worried about, you know, destination or location information. After that, I'm interested in whatever I'm interested in. And from that, hashtags are very helpful because you can look at a topic. And then from the topic of searching within Twitter, it shows not only people, but And also hashtags that are related to that topic. they can say, oh, that hashtag seems relevant. Perhaps. We've seen many, many times with Twitter hashtags being hijacked, where it was built for one intent, but totally used different by others in another way. And hijacking can happen in the sense that it is open and public, where you start a hashtag, but then people use it for an alternative. We've seen that politically. We've seen that uh, from a business perspective gone wrong. Uh, but we've also seen a lot of right ways that it's been used too and a lot of informed ways so it's from a user perspective hashtags are helpful to cull down the dialogue to something more topically related that you're interested into then the next aspect or another not next but another aspect of this is then this list conversation we had, uh, looking for aggregations of content where I don't know everybody that's involved, and maybe as with Twitter, it's, it's only situational when you go on and it is what you see. If you try to scroll down to all your history of the, of, of the context, you, you after just going down five or six scrolls, you're only going back ten minutes, <laughs> and you're just going, oh my gosh. So with Twitter, people also feel very daunted that if I don't post it. At the moment I want people to see it, it doesn't get seen. And that's pretty much close to being true. If you're just organically posting things, the timing of what you're posting, the time of day, uh, maybe the isolation of who you're posting to, makes it that if they're not on at that time, they didn't see it. It's like driving a car. If you're not at the intersection that it happened, you may have passed it in five minutes behind you it happened. Lucky me, I wasn't there when it did. Or unlucky me, I wasn't there to see it. So that's too with with twitter now with facebook at least with from their perspective they tend to curate the data down to more of a prioritization so scrolling down Will still categorize information relevant and then you start seeing things that even though they happened a day ago or two days ago or three days ago Because they're relevant to you according to what Facebook thinks it puts it into your news feed so that you find it easily as well Twitter doesn't do that Twitter's like it's on it's now it's here if you're on you see it if you don't it's not If you want to go back to see it ooh, good luck just manually scrolling it they don't really know uh, What to do you know, to find something older, well, that's where hashtags come in. That's where lists come in, where you can then define what you're interested in. There's other tools we've talked about on the podcast before, like uh, Trends Map where you can look at a geographic map and it will show you the hashtags and at symbols of who's dialoguing geographically. So you can see what they're topically talking about from a geographic perspective. And it will help you define like, oh, wow, uh, for me, in particular, being in Southwest Florida, if I want to know something about what's going on in Southwest Florida, the hashtag SWFL is a useful hashtag. Now, if there's lists, I can go and look for Southwest Florida or SWFL lists that people are talking about things that they've aggregated like these are the 10 best restaurants or these are the best restaurants or these are the best uh uh, medical this or 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 retail this or tire replacement whatever it is everybody has a list for something everyone has a topic about something and certainly there's a hashtag about most things so using Twitter in that regard from a user experience, there are ways to get better at looking for and finding the content and the context of what you're looking for. From a advertising perspective, those same Tools are the same reasons why you would use them. If a user is using hashtags and lists, I, as an advertiser, want to make sure I'm identified and associated with the very things that are relevant to me that would be relevant for somebody wanting to look for those things. And that goes back to our tools discussion. In order to do that, rather than needle in the haystack, henpeck, and just second guess and follow what is catching your eye as a user, these tools, hashtag for likes, kite list, social insider, of course, business, Twitter's own business tools help you define how to get in front of these people and again with any paid platform they're going to allow them uh you depending on how much money you want to spend with them to usurp that organic fire hose of content and place yourself in a promotion only okay uh position okay promoted only tweets Okay, promoted only trends that you can be on the top of because you're willing to pay them to be in that dialogue. If you truly want to be uh, on top of being a Super Bowl hotel, okay, then you can be that. You can be in the dialogue of Super Bowl Tampa before we won, you know. just saying optimistically anyway um the 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 super bowl you want to show up for places to stay in tampa for the big game then you can so because of that you can pay for that placement if the audience is right if the message is right and you're at the right timing of this all the things you do with most, most most marketing decisions then here you are you can do that and twitter turns into a very valuable large audience very actively engaged as you know the 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 detriment of the you know fire hose constant if you're not there looking at at the time that it posts organically you don't see it that also is an asset of when people are looking for it and you're in front of them they're in the mode to convert that's another thing with twitter you don't tend to talk about storylines you don't progressively dialogue it's uh in your face here it is if you're going to go over and push content of buy now here it is here's the price here's the offer here's the link Twitter is your platform. Twitter is all about here it is now. Do it now. Click now. Be this now. This is now. Do it now. That's very much Twitter. Uh, Not like Facebook. Facebook, you don't walk in and go and buy this now. This is what I have to offer. People are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just kind of looking if I'm interested in going down there. uh, You're trying to sell me something without even telling me why I need to buy it. Well, Twitter's reverse that. Twitter's all about, yes, you can talk about why you want to buy it, but you have limitations as to the amount of content. You have limitations to the amount of image and graphics that you can use so it's really about getting to the point quickly with an action item immediately attached to it that's the value of twitter so our technique this week swimming in the raging torrent how to navigate twitter better now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So, news and show review lots of fun today. Dean Schmidt with MetaSearch Marketing base Basecamp Meta was with us. Lily Mockerman joined us from TCRM Services and ThinkSub Enterprises. Tim Peter with Tim Peter Associates. Amy Infante with Gitgo, that's GitGo.com. Adele Gutman with now the new minted adele gutman.com formerly Aspire Reputation Marketing. Uh, she had to change name because there's a lot of Aspire reputation marketing out there. And to be distinct because everybody knows Adele for this the medium that she's in, it was easier and, I think, very wise of her just to call her company who she is. And, of course, Mr. Stuart Butler with Fuel Travel joined us as well. Um, Robert Cole, who normally does a wonderful job of every week making sure this to us, I think is just way busy with his J.D. Powers and right work right now. He was unable to get us the list today on uh, what he normally has is a very, very excellent curator list from his business, is Rock Cheetah. Uh, I still highly recommend that you sign up for it. It's a free newsletter list that has some really relevant content about business that week, items that week, information that week that can impact your business. And that for to subscribe is, is easy enough to go to bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash rock cheetah all lowercase no space and there you just sign up and you get the newsletter that i'm sure will come a little bit later on today but we just didn't get in time for the show but we did have the chance to talk about some very interesting revenue sales current situation topics um i kind of lent ourselves in the dialogue uh, to start things similar to what we did in our podcast last week which was are we basing our budgets on optimism or reality Uh, How are we figuring out what we're going to do and spend our monies on and when and how and where based on what we would like to think is happening, which a lot of surveys being consumer sentiment surveys are showing people have this very much. We know pent up interest is there. We know there's a floodgate of demand when it feels safe for those people to travel. But we also know there's a regionality, a fragmentation as to the type of business that you have as to how soon or when. Those things will happen for you. Obviously, there is a higher relevancy to some maybe destination resorts in certain geographic locations that will have a different timetable than the traditional hotel located in a metro or associated uh, ancillatory or tertiary market. Uh, There will be differences in demand for those, good or bad, up or down in comparison. It's really up to the uniqueness of your own destination information to make that assessment. But the optimism is summer is when all this is gonna happen. And we all know it's not one light switch everybody, you know, tide doesn't come in for everybody at one time. There's gonna be certain places and business types, as we mentioned, that are going to benefit in different ways. However, I feel that I, even though consumer sentiment is optimistic, that they would like the reality of the the lag in our vaccination program, the resistance of the idiocy of some people to not take it. I know that some people may have a medical direct concern, so please don't think that by some people refusing it is because they just are ignorant of it. But I, but those that if you know they may have a medical condition, but for those that are just ignorant of it. Uh, I, I condemn them as not being smart to the process. Uh, as an industry person, um, our salvation as an industry is to the adoption of the vaccine. And the more that take it, the more that this can mitigate our population globally from being an influencing factor as to the susceptibility of this uh, uh, pandemic and this uh, the COVID Uh, in all of its variations is literally the difference of whether our industry will grow earlier versus later i mean our industry will always be around people always need a place to stay and a place to eat but how much of our growth in what timeline is directly correlated with the adoption and people taking vaccines to a level where it mitigates our population from being concerned with it to the degree that they can't travel or being told not to travel so that's where i talk about people that go like oh i'm not going to wear masks you know what y'all just are dumb At this point, maybe you're intelligent in lots of other things, but you're dumb in that process. Uh, We've had that discussion on previous podcasts of the definition of having to calculate for stupid people in our marketing. Uh, And that's stupid not being that they're dumb mentally capable, but dumb in decision process Uh, where they hurt themselves and their competitors by making dumb decisions like lowering your rate or reducing your brand standards or cutting or being intermittent with your payroll and services and things like that. Those are dumb decisions. Decisions, maybe done by intelligent people, maybe well intended people, dumb decisions. Sorry, small little tangent there. So we started talking about things like that, uh, some very large questions. Um, can you drive demand? Can you create demand? Well, these have always been hot topics within revenue management. And there is very much polarized conversation, more predominantly people are saying you can't generate demand. And we had discussions. Is that truly true now is in our current market environment? Is it truly you can't generate demand or is it? And we had that fun discussion. Um, We also talked about is discounting working during a recession? And this goes back to the the stupid people conversation. And the, for lack of a better term, there's actually uh, a Ciprola's uh, quadrant chart as to people's decision processes. Do they benefit or hurt themselves? Do they benefit or hurt other people? And there's a quadrant system to this process. Uh, so this isn't just me picking up a bad derogatory term. It's a method of we have to calculate the lack of efficiencies or capabilities or smart decisions within our comp. We've all existed in a world where somebody in our comp set has decided to go bargain basementing because they think that they're going to get a, a better percentage of market demand by being the low rated business, forcing everybody else to lower their rates because they don't want to be in too much of a high contrast on rates. It hurts themselves it hurts everybody in the market puts money back on the table and the only person that wins out of that is the consumer that had to pay less for what they're already willing to pay for so that's what i mean by that and does discounting happen in the recession great conversation of that Um, how does sales work with marketing now our dynamic has changed the demand cycles of what sales used to be responsible for has shifted Uh, group sales and so forth and two contributions from segmentations like corp travel has changed how does sales work and integrate with marketing how does that work with revenue managers we know of the bloodbath of furloughs associated with all of those disciplines as cost saving measures by uh, short-sighted companies uh, that just wanted to retain their coffers of money rather than being the logistically I mean, prudent and judicious and t- keeping a level of business by integrating those disciplines, by keeping people in the chairs. Uh, a lot of companies maybe had the requirement that they had to. They had no options for that. But now they're trying to make one person, aka sales, aka marketing, aka revenue management, uh, do all of those things, even though they're not skilled in all of those things. How does that work? Um, we talk about sales training, We talked about the value of remote revenue managers has this process of COVID that we're facing and doing right now validated that that there is not a direct need for a on-property revenue manager who is isolated in their perspective to only that property, and that there's a bigger property value or value proposition to revenue managers that are a little bit more multi-unit, global, and maybe just a third-party resource where they can draw in their value of multiple exposures to multiple markets, multiple mediums, multiple products, to get the best of all those worlds to benefit that one property that would probably have to have paid less for a less experienced person. Instead, they can pay less for a much more experienced team. It was really a fascinating conversation and well worth the dialogue to go back and listen to. As always, the show lasted for about two hours. That's our normal gig for on a Friday. And we had lots of going back and forth. And the nice part was it wasn't uh, uh, disagreements in as much as it was perspectives and uh, counter-perspectives and, and complementary perspectives. So awesome conversation. Truly hope you go back to listen to that show. Uh, remember... For all things this podcast that you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Tuned In Podcast, Breaker. A- the list actually goes on 39 platforms and counting. Uh, We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. You just have to ask your particular units to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and you'll get the latest episode, this one, when you do. No matter which one you may use, if you uh, like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. We answer all comments and we truly take to heart any suggestions you have, insights you have, criticisms, comments you have. We love all of those things. Plus, it also helps others find our content. Also, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those 39 platforms. Uh, and of course, for an archive of all previous podcasts, including this one, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketingfordcom uh, forward slash podcast. Uh, And even if you don't put the S in there, it'll still bring you to the right page. And as always, don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Both this podcast and that live show are transcribed and closed captioned uh, in 11 languages. We are in 39 countries for the live show, 32 countries for this podcast. We are over 25,000 people weekly with our live show, over 5,000, I think, with this one. So uh, we have a lot of people from around the world that listen to us at their leisure or watch us at their leisure. And we certainly appreciate each and all of you that in your contributions, comments and engagement with us. So with that, um, oh, and for the live show, you can, of course, go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live there you can look for uh, the latest show which is number 287 and of course all the previous 286 shows are there we're in our seventh year doing all of this so again thank you for the privilege of your time and we look forward to talking to you next week You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 287 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved, copyright 2021.